What's up, church planners and church planning enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend, Matt Hess. And you are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you're a lead church planter, or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, how are you doing today, man? Dude, I'm doing awesome. Doing really well. That's good to hear. It's good to have you back from vacay. Thanks, bro. It was amazing. Uh, went up to Quebec and wow. You know, I, I've been there before several times, but the family had never gone. And so I'd only gone to Montreal. So we went to uh, Quebec City and uh, had some friends in, at the church, Fellowship Pickering, offer us their cottage on the way there in Coburg. And it was... Give me your best French phrase. I better not. I better not. <laughs> That's what you said last week, man. You said that when I asked you to do, a, what was it, the Jamaican accent? Yeah, because I don't want to offend anybody. Okay. <laughs> I've been living in Canada too long. I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. right. No, it, it's so funny, man. Like, um, So we're, we're, we're there, right? And um, we stayed like in Airbnbs. Airbnbs are incredible, though, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like family of six trying to get into hotels and stuff. It's pricey and everything, but... So we stay, we stay like at three different places. <clears throat> and uh, so we, we get to Quebec City and we're staying in this uh, right outside of Quebec. Uh, we're staying like in this chalet. Oh, this is before Quebec City, actually. We're staying like in this chalet. These chalets like up in the mountains is beautiful. So we go down to this grocery store. It's like this little village, this metro. And all these people are speaking French. And Cadence, our three-year-old, is going up to everybody and says, hola. Hola, hola, because she thinks they're she thinks they're speaking Spanish. Well, that's the only other language besides English. Thought, wow, you were born here. Come on, you're our only Canadian baby. She's, she's a still Merkin. She's a true Southern. Girl. She's still Merkin, she you know. Is. And uh, so she so she's speaking Spanish to everybody. That's it was pre- it was pretty awesome. But man, just uh, wow, it's it. I I posted something yesterday on social media. Um, t- took a break from all that stuff for the past couple weeks. It, it it's incredible the amount of clarity. God speaks to us when we eliminate distractions and mm-hmm. uh, just being in that, you know, being in God's nature, uh, you know, creation. And it was just, Oh man, it was beautiful. It was a, it was a good time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Man. How about you, bro? How you been? Uh, I've been pretty good, man. Just, awesome. yeah, I'm just blowing and going here. The usual stuff. Uh, um, yeah. we're, we're excited about what, what God's doing here. Yeah, man. So yeah, there's not really that much interesting in my life, but yeah. Um, I don't want to really, really talk about me anymore because we do have a guest today. Yeah, uh, that I want to introduce a special guest. Yeah, special guest. So uh, I want to introduce to our listeners Daryl Dash. Daryl is the author of a new book, How to Grow: Applying the Gospel to All of Life, uh, and he serves as the pastor of Liberty Grace Church right here in Toronto. It's a church plant right here in Toronto. Uh, he's also the co-founder of Gospel for Life, and he's the director of Advanced Church Planting. Institute. Daryl, man, it's good to have you with us. Oh, it's so good to be with you guys. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to come. And, and we're just excited to chat with you, man. We, we obviously, we want to chat a little bit about your, your book that I've been uh, reading the last couple of days and uh, really been enjoying that. And, and also just talk to you a little bit about uh, your experience church planting, because uh, you haven't always been a church planter. Uh, you were a pastor before that, I believe. Uh, so how did you how did you make that transition, like uh, from pastor to church planner? What prompted that, and what's that been like for you? I would, so about ten years ago, I, I had a, a pastor friend, and he started a new church. I kind of felt sorry for him. He was in a basement. He had like, he maybe five, six people with him. <laughs> and to be honest, I was like, this guy, like he used to be legit, and now he's just this church planter guy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 
And I watched <laughs> over the course of this was actually a longer than 10 years ago because I watched over 10 years. His church grew and actually planted a number of other churches. Wow. And uh, at the same time, I was pastoring a church and that church remained kind of stagnant and wasn't planting churches. So hmm. that began. It was like, oh, this church planting thing is different than I thought. And then uh, I think a while after that, I picked up a PDF by Tim Keller called Why Plant Churches. Mm. Have you guys read that one? Yeah, I have actually. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I actually and just I assigned two of like, our guys to read it the other day. Did you really? Yeah. It was it was unbelievable because I had this idea somehow that church planters were basically grown up youth pastors. You know, they, they, they <laughs> sort of, they, kind of. <laughs> sort of they, they couldn't really fit within the church. So they kind of had to start something new. Kind and that of. was why. And uh, <laughs> Tim Keller helped me realize that actually there's probably like 5% truth in that or more. Maybe yeah, more. Yeah. But I, I began to discover actually there's a lot more to it. That mm. church planting is an effective evangelistic strategy. And it's, uh, it, it's also, it's not church planting or church revitalization. We need both. Yeah. So anyway, I began to really change my view of church planting. And I began to pray that God would raise up church planters in Toronto, which is a dangerous prayer to pray. I mean, if you look at Luke 10, yeah, uh, Jesus says, pray for God to raise up you know, people to go into the harvest. Mm-hmm. And the next thing he sends the people who are praying for that. So that's what happened to me, right? I was praying. Yeah. And it soon became inescapable that we had to go, which was, man, I thought it would never happen, right? I had all the reasons. I was too old, you know, too comfortable, um, that was too risky. And, yeah, I just wasn't the guy, but God made it. So I, yeah, you're going. Wow. Now, Darryl, what what year did you, what year did that journey start for you? So we started the planting journey in 2012. Okay. And I would say probably it was maybe three years earlier than that, that yeah. we began to really think about planting. So, I mean, I did, but then my wife, like, I, I don't know if you guys had this, I'd come home and talk to my wife about planting and she was very supportive, but she kind of looked at me like, are you like, are you smoking something? Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and eventually I remember having uh lunch with our church planting director in the fellowship mm. and uh, it was just asked questions about like, what is planting actually like? And on the way from out from that lunch, I turned to her in the parking lot and said, like, what'd you think of lunch? She's like, I'm in. Wow. So that was the the beginning of like, okay, I think this is going to happen. Man, that's awesome. So I don't know if Jared knows this, but when we moved here in July 2012 from Memphis. Um, I came across Daryl. I don't know how, Daryl, I got connected with you, but um, he had written a blog. I think you threw your blog, actually. Um, and uh, I saw something on the Dash House and uh, talking about planting a church and I thought, man, I need to connect with this guy. So I was trying to connect with local Canadian guys who who are planting. And so I just reached out to Daryl and um, <clears throat> said, Hey man, I just now got here. I don't know anybody. Literally. I said, would you just meet for coffee with me? And he met me, never met me or nothing. So gracious met me for coffee. And we talked about church plant. You remember that Daryl? I do. That was in a, I think it was a chapters. Yeah, a that's right. Chapters. Yeah. yeah. It was great, man. Just, um, to think, you know, all that God's done through you, that's been incredible. So, wow. Well, it's been cool to watch your journey, man. Like, I was talking to a common friend of ours yesterday and just rejoicing in what God's done over the past five years through, you know, you moving up here. So it's pretty exciting. God's been good to us, man. So, Daryl, did you move, uh, where, where were you living when you uh, uh, decided to plant the church in downtown Toronto? Were you already in Toronto? Yeah, we were in Etobicoke. So, yeah. we live. 
we were very, very settled. Uh, like <laughs> I had all the, you know, we lived in a home 20 plus years. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, when we moved, I mean, so many cool things happened. Like we had to move into Liberty Village, which is geographically, it's only about a 10, 15 minute drive away, but it's a world away. Mm. And also financially, another, yeah, you know, $100,000 extra. So yeah. it was cool to see, even though we didn't have to move far, it still was a pretty significant move for us. Yeah. And, you know, it's obviously it's not easy planning a church. Number one, in a, in a highly unchurched area like the GTA, but especially in a, a very urban area. I mean, you're in right in the thick of a mega city, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toronto is one of the largest cities in North America. Um, so, man, I, just I was uh, I wanted to see if you could give our listeners maybe a uh, feel for what's unique about planting in a, a mega city like that in a high, highly urbanized area. You know, what's refreshing is uh, as we go out in the community, a lot. Of, I hear a lot of planters complain about, oh, people have had such a bad experience with church and they're turned off with church. And where we live, people have not had any experience with church. Yeah. So, I mean, they have an idea. They, As I talk to people, I think, oh, like, I think I know what church is. Yeah. It's a bunch of like blue haired old ladies in a an empty, dark building or whatever. But <laughs> it. The, the exciting thing is Mainline. people have never, I don't think they're resistant to the gospel. Like it's not like they've heard the gospel mm-hmm. and been inoculated against yeah, it. Yeah, Amen. It's brand new to them. Like, so you go out and people are, I think the other thing in our area is even though I would say where we live, maybe it's 1% churched. Yeah. Uh, so most people I encounter, they're young. They believe in something right so we don't have to spend a lot of time convincing them that god exists or right uh we went out on the street and did a video thing like you know if you were to ask god i think look every planter has done this right if you were to ask god any question what would you ask him and i was expecting people to go what are you talking about god and what we found is like it really surprised me number one everyone went along they're like oh yeah like here's what i would ask god Hmm. and number two they really hadn't thought about it a lot like they know what god exists but it's not like I was expecting like a Tim Keller, uh, you know, all these things like the problem of science, the problem of evil, the problem of suffering. And <laughs> most of them were like, I have no questions. Like, I know God exists, but I've never really thought about what does that mean for me? Like, what would I even ask him? Man, that's so good for our listeners to hear because, I, I mean, like where you're at in Liberty Village, um, you, we have friends in Regent Park, um, you know, Jamestown, all those areas you know, the more we talk with church planners, we're seeing this all across these major cities in North America, like the GTA, where people are actually spiritually open. Mm -hmm. They're very spiritually open. And what you said is really good when you talked about the gospel. People don't know what they don't know. And so when, when you, when you start with a question, like, you know, if you could ask God anything, what would you, what would you ask him? And you expect as Christians that we've been believers for a long time, like you said, we expect this big, well, I don't know about the existence of science and we come from, you know, apes or evolution. You think they're going to ask all these crazy apologetical questions. But what we see is that the spirit's actually talking to people and he's actually making people spiritually curious about the things of God. So, man, that's a good word for our listeners to hear, Mm -hmm. not to grow weary and doing good, not to be discouraged and to understand it by faith to trust that the spirit's drawing people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, um, we actually, uh, we were downtown Oshawa, uh, two days ago and my wife, um, and one of the other girls from our church, we, we were kind of splitting up into pairs, just going around sharing the gospel with people. Yeah. They went into the store. Um, 
it's pretty Oshawa is a pretty like dark area and one of the ways that that manifests itself is that um the uh it's got I think the largest um temple of Satan actually yeah. is in Oshawa. Yeah. Uh and so there's a lot of like just dark arts and stuff and they yeah. even have a couple stores in downtown and there's one store down there in particular and it's basically a a, a witch store. Yeah. Um and so they walked in there and they got into a conversation and Jen was uh with the girls that worked there the owners and Jen was telling me they got into, they had a really long gospel conversation, like yeah. 25, 30 minutes. And a couple of the things that came out is that, number one, nobody had ever really shared the gospel with these girls. Exactly. Um, and they had they had these assumptions they had made about about what Christians believed. Yeah. Because like, they had never talked to a Christian really before. Yeah. So they, they thought that Christians didn't believe in spirits. And so one of their... Uh, re- objections to the Bible was that, well, we know we've, we've had these experiences with spirits. So if Christians don't believe that, then Christianity's a hoax. Yeah. And then they thought that, you know, their assumption was that we think that all of them are just devil worshipers yeah. and we don't want anything to do with them. And, you know, it was just cool because Jen and, and the other girl from our church got an opportunity to share with them that that's actually not the case at all. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty neat. You know, it's so crazy. I don't want to get too far off topic here, but, but, uh, you know what's so crazy is so many church planners. We we talk about the gospel. We write articles or blogs about the gospel. We we buy books about the gospel, and then we don't preach the gospel. <laughs> we don't clearly invite people to respond to the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, you go into a lot of church plants, even on a Sunday morning or whatever, and there's no there's no on ramps. There's no where there's clarity of the gospel and then invitation to respond to the gospel. I, I just I believe if we would just be more bold and clear with the gospel, more and more people would respond to it. Yep. So it's good. I agree. Well, hey, Daryl, and you you wrote a book called How to Grow, Applying the Gospel to All of Your Life. Um, man, kind of share with us what prompted you to write this book, to be crazy enough to write a book while you're you're pastoring a church plant, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is kind of crazy. <laughs> Big ups. You know, there's a, a few ways to uh, answer that, but uh, one of the things that happened was, uh, my wife is or was an accountant. She's now escaped from that life. <laughs> escaped, uh, and she was, it wasn't a good career fit for her. Yeah, but you know she was she was good at it. And one day she came home and she said, "I've got a new client," and uh, it turned out to be an online nutrition coaching company. Hmm. And uh, so right away I was like, "I don't know if you can make up a, sh- uh, a client that sounds shadier than an online nutrition <laughs> coaching company." Um, oh, so I was a little bit suspicious. But then I began to learn, like I, I saw the changes in her life as she hung around them. And so this is going somewhere. What I realized is. <laughs> Your wife didn't join a cult, did she, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> These guys had PhDs in nutrition science. Wow. They were like they had written scholarly articles and textbooks. Yeah. They were coaching professional sports teams. And what they were able to do is they were able to take this great theoretical knowledge and translate it into something that people like she and I could practice. So at the same time as planning a church, you guys know we have like the best theological content, right? Like we are so spoiled. We've got the gospel. We've got the riches of theology. And I began to look around and think, I don't think I'm doing as good a job as they are at translating that into you know, how to apply the riches of the gospel to mm. the to lives of people in our church. Mm. So that really got us thinking, like, how come they're doing a better job with nutrition than we are with the gospel? Wow. And that got me thinking, I, I really need to take a step back. So one of the problems is, as a church planter, 
man, I was coming into the church and basically just replicating my church experience. Mm. And I, th- I think to a certain extent, I, you know, that's, I think I'm still prone to do that. Yeah. And this was a, a good thing, you know, to take a step back and say, actually, how can we make sure we're discipling people rather than just holding Sunday services? How can we take the gospel and look for, as you said, on ramps to lead people from where they are to applying that gospel to all of their lives? Mm. Man, that is good. I hope our listeners really heard that part where Daryl said, you know, he 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 was just replicating his church experience. Um, we are all prone to do that, by the way. If you're a church planner, you come into your church and you 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 can say that you're not going to do that, but you will do that. It's the siren song. It's the si- it's the siren song <laughs> of church players, man. And you think like you know, I'm not going to start church just to create a better experience than the church I came from, but that's ultimately what you you try to do. And then, you know, the, the spirit does what he does. He quickens your heart, he convicts, prods and all those kinds of things. And then you realize what he's saying is so true. It's about the gospel and having discipleship relationships applying to everyday life. Man, Daryl, that's a good word for our listeners, bro. Yeah. So, Daryl, you talk in your book about um, rethinking spiritual growth. And uh, I think it was chapter three, maybe the book. And um, you hone in on the topic of joy and that, that kind of really stuck out to me. And, uh, you, you named three wrong beliefs that you, you said you previously had about joy. And, um, I wanted to, uh, kind of re just kind of share this with our listeners. Um, so hopefully I'm not giving too much of this book away. I think this is just a teaser, but, um, <laughs> so you said spiritual growth, here's the three wrong beliefs you had about joy. Spiritual growth is about becoming less human. Uh, spiritual growth involves becoming more serious and spiritual growth involves uh, denying our desire. Um, and as I read that, I just, that those really resonated with me, um, especially the the last two. And I think a lot of pastors and planters, in their zeal to you know to, to be on mission and to pursue the expansion of God's kingdom, we can put pressure on ourselves to be holy, and it and it it saps the joy out of following Jesus. So I just wanted to know if you could yeah. maybe speak into how important that that concept is, you know, uh, joy uh, when it comes to spiritual growth, how important that is for pastors and church planters in particular. Yeah. So, I, man, all those, the three I could expect, I just had this image of, I, I, again, my church experience was almost like if you cracked a joke or smiled within church, something was really wrong. You weren't being reverent. Mm. And it was almost this idea that somehow becoming and I want to slag my church. They were a great church, but I think it might have been my immaturity, just misreading what was going on to think like mm. you want to handle the things of God seriously, but that can easily become like, oh, man, you got to stop being joyful. And then the here's what the disconnect was. You know, I, I would begin to read stuff like, you know, the catechism question. What's the chief end of man? Mm. And the answer is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That really confused me because. Mm. The glorifying God part I got, but the whole enjoying God part, yeah. like what is that? Are we, are we actually allowed to enjoy God? Mm-hmm. And is that our greatest purpose to enjoy him? And uh, the whole problem is I had this weird spirituality where, uh, you know, you almost have to become like, you know, I know we're supposed to like, like going to Wonderland. I know I'm supposed to like playing with the kids, but I think if I were really spiritual, I would just be like more serious and in the word all the time mm. and began to realize, no, the gospel is about all of life. Yeah. It's about flourishing in every area of your life. And then I, I began to, you know, like all the Psalms we read, like if you want to talk about a confusing Psalm, Psalm four, seven, 
you have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. Mm-hmm. Like you think of a college campus. Yeah. What the psalmist is saying is there's more joy among people who are following the Lord than there is at the pizza and beer party down yeah. the road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, began to discover that, you know, in the book of Acts, this is a good one for church planters, the growth of the early church in the book of Acts in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, is portrayed as a spread of joy. Mm-hmm. So you could almost say that church planting is like joy. It's corny, but joy planting, right? It's like yeah. spreading joy as we go into new communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was revolutionary to me. So and I began to think, like, why, why is this not our experience? Mm. Like, why are we not known for being joyful people? Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's a lot more that could be said about that. But I really believe that what God calls us to is is ultimately pursuing joy by pursuing him. The other thing, I'll just add one thing. I used to think like, oh, maybe the, the out, the loophole is maybe we're supposed to be joyful, but not happy. Huh. You guys have probably heard that, right? Like, yeah. yep, yep. oh, we're not supposed to be happy. We're just supposed to be joyful <laughs> as if you can like, oh yeah, no, I'm not happy, but I'm really joyful. And Randy Alcorn wrote a book mm. that said, biblically speaking, they're the same thing. Yeah. So there's no out there. Like we're called, I mean, as Piper says, we're called to be Christian hedonists who are so happy in him that that happiness just is part of our lives, no matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. Man, this is it's such a good word because for church planners, we, the, the propensity is to always be trying to perform mm-hmm. or trying to earn, um, trying to work towards God's grace, God's yeah. favor. We, we do that by a, a myriad of different ways, you know, mm-hmm attendance, how many people's coming to your church, uh, you know, how many baptisms you've had, all those kinds of things. And if we're not careful, we'll lose our joy. We'll lose our happiness in Christ instead of just abiding. By the way, of course, John 15, 5, you know, when we abide in the vine, that's where we discover our joy and happiness. But when we get away from that, man, man Daryl, for our listeners out there who are planting churches, like what, what would you say to a guy um, who's just struggling with that right now, who's, who's finding... Who's, who's wrestling with having joy in Christ, wrestling with having joy in planting a church. I, I read a book one time and this guy was talking or doing some research and the guy, this book was talking about how we, we, we talk about church planting, like it's the hardest thing on the face of the planet. And it is in, in a lot of ways, but he talks about how when you're doing it out of the reservoir of joy in your relationship with Christ, it's actually easy. Hmm. And that's when we bear fruit through the Spirit's anointing. So maybe speak into a, a guy or two out there who's listening, who who's having a tough time with that joy. What would you say to that guy? You know, the, the best advice I got early on in the church planting experience, I talked to a guy, Adam Sinnott, who's planting in Seattle. And uh, when I talked to him, you know, I was taking notes. I was like the whole thing of like, what do you do? You know, all the, the strategy stuff. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, Daryl, like throw away all your notes. I just want to tell you the crux of church planting so I was like, okay, like here is the real juice. He says, church planting is an overflow of your relationship with Jesus. That's it, man. Yep. And that's it. You know, it was like I was taking notes about you know, how do you assemble a launch team, how do you raise money, you know, how do you market, how do you do all and he's like, chuck all that away. That stuff has its place. It's not bad, yeah. but if you want to bring it down to its essence, it's an overflow of your relationship with Jesus. So, you know, for me, I so this is like, I don't know about you guys. Every night I go to bed on a good day anyway, like believing and trusting in Christ. In the morning I wake up like a pagan sinner. It's like, what happened overnight, right? Like I've 
Yeah. I've forgotten the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's like every Sunday, like, you know, I have to get my place again, mm-hmm. uh, get my heart to the place again where I'm not getting my value from that's like right. how many people are showing up. But it's like, that's a weekly battle. That's it not is. like I don't win that once. That's every week. So, yeah, I think it's just like number one is my relationship with Jesus. Mm. Uh, everything else flows from that. Another church planter in London, England actually gave me really good advice. He said, like, let me just give you two pieces of advice somebody gave me. Number one, stop counting. Number two, have fun. Yeah. And that's really helped me. Like, I still count, but sure. In a, in a way, it's like it, the number doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to serve whoever's here mm. and I'm going to have fun doing it. Like, Amen. what do you think about it? This is a privilege. Like, yeah. I kind of get tired. I've done this too. Like, church planters complain. This is such a privilege to be able to do this. Yeah. And uh, if we're not having, no, I know it's hard. I know there's seasons. I the last thing I'd want to do is to talk to a planter who's depressed because depression is real and all that. I would never want to. I never wanted to just be happy. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, you know, drink more hand, coffee. Think, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> on the other hand, I think like if if we just need to recalibrate our hearts with the gospel, we need to deal with any like if there's any. Uh, mental illness issues or any serious issues we need to deal with those but i think we need to work at recovering our joy of everything mm. else being equal we need to recover our joy in the gospel and just be amazed that god wants to use us at all man that's that, that's awesome when we went away um these past couple weeks i i took a book with me from bible college days called a blaze for god um it's it's by a guy named wesley duell and um man he he talks about in that book how all movements of god everything that is of kingdom worth and value, it all begins with prayer and the overflow between the leader and King Jesus and nothing else, nothing else ever gets above that. Nothing else is ever more important or should be as vital in your life as your walk with Jesus. And man, it's so true. If, if we would, if we would spend as much time in prayer and seeking the spirit, uh, anointing and power as we do lamenting over numbers or this person, you know, we, we say all the time in our network, you know, move with the movers. If you're listening to your church planner, you get so discouraged over this person, not doing that. And you allow them to zap your joy. Like Daryl's talking about, and you got to move with the movers. You got to move with the people who, who the spirit's doing something with. And man, that's, that's where you're going to find your joy. Your, your joy is going to be found in your relationship with Jesus. It's not going to be found in, how many people's coming to your church? And yeah, we're not, you've heard us on this podcast before. Like we're not against that. Like we count numbers, we use metrics, uh, but they're just a part of, they're just one of many numbers you should be a part of. It's not just how many people's coming and then we're happy more people came, you know? So that's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I'll know for myself, you know, just being transparent and Matt knows this very well. Cause we've had lots of conversations about this. One probably one of my biggest struggles has been, um, finding joy, uh, because I have a tendency to, um, be very critical of myself and yeah. I've always struggled with the concept of grace. It's been something that I've had to grow in. And so, and I think that's why that part of your book resonated so much with me, yeah. Daryl, uh, just because, um, I, I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Oh, I man. know I'm not the only one that struggles with that. And I know it's like Matt was saying earlier, it's a particular 
struggle with church planters because church planters are most most of the time they're achievers and they're they're go getters and they're self starters and um, they put a lot of, of pressure on themselves that that they shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think it's just we just need to be reminded like the gospel is for church planters too. Mm. Um, and you, we can never we should never graduate from. Um, the gospel. I mean, yeah, we need man. to return to it again and again, which is what I appreciate so much about this book. And then, um, you know, you remind us of that and then you just kind of bring it back and give some really practical ways that we can do that. You talk about yeah. habits, um, that you can develop, uh, spiritual habits. Um, and, um, you know, I think those, the reason that you, you give those spiritual habits is so that people can grow in joy. Uh, I got one of the things I wanted to ask you about Daryl is that I know, when I think of developing habits, again, it is really easy to make habits uh, wooden and legalistic. Mm. So how do you how do you do that? How do you develop those habits and still maintain that posture of of resting in God's grace and and pursuing joy? Yeah, that's a great question. So you know, I think of um, <laughs> I think I tell in the book, uh, my wife and I went to the gym one day, and I'm looking over at her. She's sweating like she's it, she's hardcore, right? And I'm doing the same exercises. And uh, I'm like, this is easy. And what I realized after a while is she's doing them right. I'm just going through the motions. <laughs> yeah. And she's actually, you know, the in the gym, they say that she's engaging the core. Mm. And it's a totally different experience, right? Like, I could go to the gym and kind of sloppily work through a routine. Or you can go to the gym and actually engage the, you know, like engage the core, engage the parts that you're supposed to engage. And I think it's that with the habits, like yeah. the habits are not the point. Mm. Uh, the minute we make the point, the habits, we're completely missing the point. Yeah. The habits are actually only a means to the end. We're not meant to pursue habits. We're meant to pursue God. So, you know, I think the, the focus is like, don't make the habits the point, make mm. the pursuit of the point. The habits are actually useful, but they're only a means to the end. So I would say some of the greatest habit keepers were the Pharisees, actually. Mm. And uh, yeah. they, they completely missed the point. So yeah. and I don't want to chuck out the habits because I think the ha- we live according to habit. I think we need to build habits that lead us, you know, to pursue God. But um, the minute, yeah, I mean, we just got to pursue God and, and uh, not be rigid about the habits. Wow. We're not, we're not intended to pursue habits. We're intended to pursue God. Yep. Man, if you don't get anything else out of today's episode, this— Listen to that, you know, church planner. Yeah. That, because I, we all have the tendency to do that. Mm-hmm. Checking the box, having a certain quiet times, you know, I got to share the gospel this many times, whatever. And it's good to have disciplines, but man, they could become like, and then you start to wonder like, well, why, why am I not seeing this? I'm doing all these things. And then maybe you've been doing them out of like rote experience or whatever. And you're not even doing it out of the overflow of Christ. I, I think we do so much in church, in, in the church. One thing the Lord has just shown me so much over the past three, four years is that we do, we operate so much in the flesh as church planners. Mm-hmm. We, we do so much in, in pride. I, I even hear planners and what they think is humility is actually pride. Um, you know, like, I, I don't want to ask for help. Or I don't want this, or I don't, I don't want to bother people. No, you're prideful. <laughs> so you don't, you know, so you don't want to acknowledge that you need help. It's not about bothering people. Yeah. Um, so man, we operate so much in, in, in pride in the flesh, man, that's good. Not, yeah. not pursuing those habits, but pursuing God. Yeah. And, and you've got to, so, you know, when you're pers- not, when you're instilling these habits in your life, you yeah. don't want to pursue the habits you want to pursue God. And yet, 
at the same time, uh, you know, Daryl, you talk really kind of the latter half of your book, you talk about those habits and what uh, those habits are uh, and, and how important they are. And I was, you know, as I was thinking about this interview, I was thinking about it through the lens of church planting, obviously, and thinking about, you know, I, I would say for church planters, um, it's even more imperative that you mm. really develop these habits because, I mean, you know uh, very well, Daryl, that we don't have set office hours. We don't have yeah. somebody checking on us to make sure we're clocking in and clocking out at the right times. There's a lot of freedom and flexibility with what we do with, uh, with our time. Uh, I was going to see if you could maybe speak into the importance of developing habits for church planters and what's that look like in your life as a church planter? Yeah, you know, the I don't know if you guys have studied habits. They say that we live about half of our life according to habits. Mm. So, you know, if you think about it, when you wake, when, okay, when you're going to bed at night, you don't kind of go, I wonder what side of the bed I should sleep on tonight, right? Yeah. You have a side of the bed. It would be so confusing if you're married to, <laughs> like, you know, every night that changes. Yeah. In the morning, you know, there's a certain things we do automatically. So I'll give you, you know, a bad example. I find it so easy. This is what I would do automatically. I would automatically develop the habit of waking up every morning and starting. The first thing I do naturally would be to open Facebook yeah. and start scrolling and then to check my email and start, you know, responding. And, you know, an hour and a half later, you're like, what have I done? Like I've accomplished yeah. nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, what I've tried to do is build habits that don't come naturally to me, but eventually become natural. You know, for instance, in the morning, and this is, I want to make it clear, like what works for me is not what works for everybody. But in the morning, what works for me is like first thing before I check Facebook, you know, I, I sit in a regular spot because I'm an achiever. I wake up with a to-do list in my head. The first thing I do for two minutes is nothing, which drives me crazy. But it's sort of getting me in that posture of like, I'm about to approach the word of God. Yeah. Like, I don't want to tear into this like it's another to do. Mm, yeah. I just want my soul to slow down enough to begin to engage and then just begin to, you know, I, I do a few things in the morning that takes about 45 minutes, you know, on a rush day, it can take less than that, but yeah. 45 minutes or an hour, you know, reading the word and, and journaling and praying through a list and, and that kind of thing. You know, it's an example of that doesn't come naturally to me, but I've built that habit, and at the end of that hour, I am much more prepared to enter the day than if I just, mm. you know, scrolled through Facebook like I would normally do. And that's so good. What did, what did Peyton Jones say when we interviewed him? He said, so many times we exchanged the, our birthright for a pot of stew. Yeah. Remember the yeah. bowl of stew? And man, that, was, that stuck with me. It's so good. And it's crazy you're talking about this stuff, Daryl, because when I was away, been away on vacation the past couple weeks, like God's really been talking to me about focus and how he wants to take me, our church, this network to a new place, but I'm going to, he's going to need focus from me like never before. And so I've been thinking about exactly what you're talking about, habits and disciplines and what all that looks like. And um, man, it, you know, things that God's been, I always think about this way, you know, when we talk about habits and disciplines and stuff, like if, if we approached our, like our the relationship with our spouse, the same way oftentimes we approach our relationship with God. I mean, like our, our wives would think we were like mentally insane or like robots or something. And, mm -hmm. and I, little things God's been like, I woke up this morning I told the Lord, I was like, good morning. You know, I just started talking to him. I was like, good morning. And just like, I don't know, man, just like a newness, you know, what God's been doing in my life and we're getting away from this. Okay. This is my, this is my, this is my quiet time. 
you know, from this time, this is what I will read, you know, and like, it's okay if, yeah, I go through the Bible in a year plan, but it's okay if God takes me into this portion of the scripture because he wants to tell me something. It's a relationship, it's fellowship. Mm -hmm. And we say those words all the time, but I feel like in praxis, we don't live that out, man. Well, I think, I mean, we've kind of been talking about this and hinting at this throughout our conversation this morning, but, you know, I think we, we drift towards um, legalism. Like oh, that's, that's our natural bent it's is to drift bent. towards it. Yep. Um, I think we have to intentionally yeah. uh, fight to, to, to get away from that because, uh, our default is to kind of go there, to legalize yeah. everything, to make everything, uh, rigid and, yeah. and, and a chore and a checklist. And so we've got to actively fight it. Like you've got to fight for your relationship with God. That's why I think Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Absolutely. Right? It's not contend like you for to, the faith. Yeah, you have to fight to keep your eyes on Jesus. And, um, you know, we yeah. hear that where we say contend for the faith in, in context, you know, it means like, you know, apologetic, sharing the gospel, all those kinds of things. But for mm-hmm. us personally, like we have to do that. Yep. It's, I mean, we have to do that. Well, Darrell, I, I just want to ask you this, buddy, as we wrap up and, and Jared takes us to the home stretch here, but what, what does that look like for a planter? Man, uh, because, you know, coaching church planners, being a church planner, talking to other leaders, all that kind of stuff, you're being pulled in a million and one different directions. And it is so easy. I, I think I realized, uh, you know, when we were away, I, I have like seven cha- means of communication that people are connecting with me over. And what does that look like in 2018, heading into 2019 for the church planner today? With all the social media, the the numerous social media accounts, the emails, the church, all all these different ways, what does that look like for a church planner? Just how to steady your heart every morning and every day and fixate on God. Like, what would you? What, what would what would be a couple of things you'd say? I know you shared with us like what you do in the mornings, but how does a church planner focus and 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 try to drown out some of that noise when necessary? You know, so what I would say is two things. First, everybody's different. So you guys were talking about legalism. Uh, You know, I, a few years ago, I said to everybody, like, you guys need to do the Bible project this year, you know, watch the videos, download the app, like follow the plan. A couple months later, my wife came to me and said, you've just ruined my Bible reading. Like, (laughs) I'm glad the Bible project works for you, but I had something good going and you kind of interrupted that. Now I've got to figure out how to get it. And that was really good for me to hear. That is good. It's so easy for us to say like, okay, I figured this out. This is what everybody has to do. Yeah. And then Stephen to realize like, no, like we're all different. Maybe some people, I talked to one planter and he loves to listen to the word of God Mm. and he's just gotten so tired. I think through years of reading through the Bible every year, he's like, I just need to try something different for a while. I think the only other thing I would say, like, so so one is like to, to know yourself, figure out what works for you. I think the other one, and you've hinted at this, Matt, is intentionality. Mm. Like, you nothing happens by accident. Yeah. Church planters are so good at setting goals and you know metrics and we're going to accomplish this. You know, and I think it's just like I am going to be as intentional. I mean, Matt, you mentioned we know how to be intentional with our wives, right? Yeah. We don't always well, but every guy I know at one point was intentional. Like I'm going to win this girl. That's right. Like yeah. I like her. I'm going to pursue her. Mm. I'm going to figure out what it takes to get her interest. And I think to take the same intentionality with God, like, I don't know what it's going to take, but I'm going to make it my number one priority to connect with him. Wow. So, Man, yeah. That's good. And then even understanding what that does to God. 
I remember an older guy, um, he told me one time in a church I was leading that, and he said, you know, he was talking about blessing God. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the first time I ever heard that in my life. And I was like, you're a heretic. <laughs> I mean, like you bless God, but we can, I believe that. I believe we can bless God, you know, when we pursue him, like Daryl's talking about, man. Yeah. Like, I think it puts a smile on his face as we say. Yeah. You know, it's funny too, is that this morning I'm actually reading through, I've read this book several times, but I'm rereading through the pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. So it's just oh, funny so that good. this kind of got brought up because I think yeah. that's the, that's the point of that, that entire book. Uh, well, Daryl, man, it's been really great uh, having you on and, mm-hmm. and talking to you. Really pray, appreciate you taking the time, uh, brother. And just, uh, I would encourage our listeners, uh, go pick up a copy of How to Grow, Applying the Gospel to All of Your Life. Yeah. Uh, it's such a it, it's such a good, uh, practical, refreshing uh, read. And, and I think there's it's so critical that we get that right. It's so critical that we get uh, how to uh, just enjoy God. Uh, and how to pursue him. And, and there's a lot of good practical stuff and, and uh, just ways that you can begin to apply some of these healthy habits into your life without making them uh, legalized, uh, kind of like we've been talking about in today's episode. So make sure you go pick up a copy. Uh, we'll have the link to the where you can purchase the book on the show notes. Uh, so you're, uh, you can head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, uh, and you can also find the link there. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to today's uh, podcast. And so uh, if this has been helpful to you, if this episode has been beneficial, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could do us a big favor uh, and just share this on social media with people. Um, go, tell other people, especially church planters and people involved in church planning, uh, about In the Trenches so that more people can... Uh, hear these episodes and, and be encouraged by them. And as always, Matt and I are always open books. If you have any questions or if there's any resources we can pass on to you, uh, you can find our email addresses in the show notes as well. And we'd be happy to, uh, to help you out in any way we can. Um, so we'll be back next Monday with another episode as always. So until then go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. 